0: Welcome to Toxic Sips Podcast. I am Jess. And I'm Sessie. This is part two of part one of part five of our interim <laughs> season here at Toxic Sips, Toxin Sips TNS Network. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're about to give you some more backstory, but more so some present story. Yeah. <laughs> um, usually, Cecilia would say that we are no experts.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought you wanted to do it. No. (laughs) Usually. (laughs) Well, we are not experts. And as always, the link in the description to our website will take you to all of these sources that we have gathered.
0: (laughs) So if you go down that wormhole of links, 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 Mm -hmm. you will get to whatever it is that your heart desires (laughs) within that knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in today's market, you know. We have joked before. We are no economists. Um, did you know more people, especially millennials, are buying
1: costume for their pets? That's actually funny. Because I, I told the story on the last episode. Yeah. My sister, I don't know what she would be considered. She was born in 2005. Is that still Gen Z? That's. Well, she's not a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> and my grandma is also not a millennial.
0: Completely removed from each other
1: (laughs) yeah but they're still they're still dressing them up just fine (laughs)
0: Well, 20% have so since 2018, and the percentage has gone up since 2017 from 16%. As you know, one of my favorite things to do Mm -hmm. is, well, you know, tell stories. Yeah. Whether it be (laughs) written, whether it be podcast form, or editing. I love telling stories. Or music. Um, And this, this holiday is so special for that reason, because, well... It it affected pop culture and society through the form of storytelling. Yeah, yeah, storytelling. Yeah. (laughs) As mentioned in the rich history portion of Halloween, it definitely did not originate in America. No. um, Because truthfully, America (laughs) didn't (laughs) originate until after Halloween's inception? I
1: guess. Hence the word colonizers.
0: The celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England, ironically, mm-hmm. due to strict Protestant beliefs. However, Halloween was more common in places like Maryland and in the southern colonies.
1: Yeah, so the, the 13 colonies that we learn about in like, history class sophomore yeah. year.
0: <laughs> they were about it. Yeah. Um, as the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, you had... Yeah when we spiced it up, if you will, Um, that's when a distinct, different American version of Halloween began. Mm -hmm. The first celebrations included play parties, as mentioned in the last episode, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest. You got to remember that before too many vehicles on the Mm -hmm. road and factories and warehouses and, well, the one weather all year round, Southern California, Mm -hmm. um, we had actual variations of unpredictable weather. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Having a harvest was something to be excited for, you know, because weather was so unpredictable and people's. St- could die from not having good weather to have great harvest yeah (laughs) so if the what you know if the harvest was good it was something to celebrate
1: like the last supper (laughs)
0: like the last supper all the time (laughs) neighbors (laughs) neighbors would share stories of the dead tell each other fortunes dance and sing Mm -hmm. just like all trends in any time frame they start off somewhere and then spread via word of mouth With the internet and its easy accessibility today, it's no wonder when things go viral, they take off so quickly.
1: Yeah. You know, they're just like, it's just a push of a button.
0: Push of a That's button. Um, well, the internet wasn't always around. And what was considered viral took a lot more time.
1: Oh, yeah. Because like, say he even just wrote it in a letter. Like, yeah. getting that letter. That's why uh, the whole concept of like, the note in the bottle is so huge. Yeah. Who I've always wanted
0: to do that. Right?
1: We should do one. A we Toxin sh- Sips one.
0: Right? <laughs> See, if, like, the history of notes in the bottle and all that stuff. <laughs> um, therefore, Colonial Halloween festivities also featured The telling of ghost stories and mischief making of all kinds, Mm -hmm. basically, their versions of movies, (laughs) because it's storytelling. By the middle of the 19th century, you know, somewhere between 1801
1: and 1900. That's always confused me, though. I'm uh, like, why is it the 19th century if it's during the 1800s? I have no clue. <laughs> That's why for a while I would get confused when like 21st century and 20th century. I'm like, wait. Wait,
0: what? What are we in? <laughs> what, what are we in right now?
1: <laughs> Someone explain.
0: Someone explain. <laughs> She's like the math figures. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, annual autumn festivities were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country. It was taking, well, its time. Yeah. Borrowing from European traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food and money. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. Mm-hmm. Thus, a new American tradition was born and has continued to grow. Oh, yeah. Today, Americans spend an estimated $6 billion annually on Halloween alone, making it the country's second largest commercial holiday after...
1: Christmas! Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> uh... That's just crazy, though. Six Six billion? billion. I mean, I play a big part in that. Uh, Y'all think? I know. (laughs) Um, We definitely did our part this year. We definitely did.
0: Um, So Ceci did scrape over the Halloween movie craze, just a little bit. But it's important to note that once motion images began, Mm -hmm. it was game over for us. Mm -hmm. Horror, genre or not, we were definitely like, shut up and take my money. You know what I mean? Um, And, hey, Cece, do you want to accidentally invent movies? I would like to. (laughs) Okay. Well, apparently, in October 19th, 1878, Scientific American published uh, a series of pictures depicting a horse in full gallop. Mm -hmm. Along with instructions to view them through a zoetrope, the photos were taken by an English photographer, Edward Muybridge, to settle a bet between California businessman Leland Stanford and his colleagues. Stanford contended that at some point in a horse's stride, all four hooves were off
1: the ground. Yeah, that they show that at, I think in every film school, they'll right? show that. Yeah.
0: Well, this is how, because now you have like 25 frames per second, or when you yeah. slow mo
1: things, you mm-hmm. have like a bajillion
0: frames yeah. per second.
1: There's so many options. There's
0: so many <laughs> options. Well, they f- discovered uh, 12 pictures in a minute.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> in my photography class in junior or senior year, when they they were teaching us about the first picture ever taken mm-hmm. that took like eight or 12 hours and you're off and it's like it's just of a few buildings and it's like not composed in the black rooms (laughs) red room like it just looks like if you accidentally took a picture of it (laughs) but i mean it's the first one ever taken hey it takes time (laughs) forever
0: they tried. it's what they had to work with yeah
1: they they did that what is it They walked so that we could run with our DSLRs. Yeah, I know, with our
0: DSLRs (laughs) over here. Um, Yeah, so basically he enlisted Muybridge to take the photographs of the positions of the horse's hooves in rapid succession, and Muybridge's 12 photos showed that Stanford had won the bet. Mm. Um, The first depictions of the supernatural on screen appeared in several of the short silent films created by the French pioneer filmmaker Georges Mieles. Mm. <laughs> yeah, in the late 1890s, of course, because it wasn't the 1900s yet. Mm-hmm. The best known of these early supernatural-based works is the three-minute short film Le Manoir du Diable back in 1896, known in English both as The Haunted Castle or The House of the Devil. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> the film is sometimes credited, and well, actually mostly credited, as being the first ever horror film. Oh. In the haunted castle, a mischievous devil appears inside a medieval castle where he harasses the visitors. <laughs> and so now I'm about to pitch an idea. I'm in a boardroom at, you know, let's say Universal or Netflix. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. And scene. It's dark. It's eerie. There's clouds everywhere. So picture this. Our protagonists are in the middle of a medieval castle and then all of a sudden this rascal this mischievous devil if you will because you have to sound really excited and involved mm-hmm. right you yeah. can't just be like this That's mischievous how devil. <laughs> um, he appears and just harasses the shit out of our protagonist and you as a producer would say "Hmm,
1: I'd, I'd look at you real like giving you hope a little bit like lie to me so like every horror movie ever
0: uh, no. No. Yes. Every horror movie ever. An absolute original idea at first. But horror movies always have twists and turns now to try to keep things spicy. Yeah, and they try. Hence the word try. <laughs> Colorized scene from George Miela's 1897 short, The Le Manoir du Diable. An American photographer turned director, because don't they all just start that way? <laughs> uh, George Albert Smith created the X-ray Fiend. It's, and this was created in 1897. Okay. Uh, a horror comedy trick film that came out a mere two years after X-rays were invented. So mm-hmm. people
1: hadn't seen really skeletons it before. Was, yeah, it was They are like, you know what? X, X-rays are new? I could make gotta, a movie out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the inside of me.
0: <laughs> I'm so curious. They're like, I don't know why people are so scared of skeletons. It's really all that squishy organs that you should be afraid of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Once that gives
1: up your And they done. smell like,
0: mm-mm. So the film shows a couple of skeletons courting each other. Aw. <laughs> Audiences full of people unaccustomed to seeing movies with skeletons on screen probably found it frightening and otherworldly so where it should have been funny and kind of cute mm-hmm. it was still like oh my god
1: oh yeah what like the I whole uh, it's poultry guys right the original where they used actual skeletons? Uh I don't know. Yeah, it was they in, they didn't use prop skeletons. <laughs> they oh, used God. real skeletons. That's why I I'm sure you've heard or if you didn't. There was a lot of like weird stuff happening on set. Of
0: course. <laughs>
1: uh. Imagine that. Uh. <laughs> like art department, we need these skeletons. <laughs> And they're just like handling, throwing them over their yeah. shoulders. It's like, oh, this is Bobby. Like,
0: yeah, Bobby's cool.
1: Yeah, he I knew him farmer. once, actually, before he became this. He donated his body to Science art.
0: And art.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, here's the thing, though. Our next encounter with skeletons is actually in a whole different style of film. And this was in 1963 via mm-hmm. the film called Jason and the Argonauts. Okay. It was released by director Don Chafee. But most impressively was a stop-motion device by animator Ray Harryhausen, which ironically, our friend Ray He's is an, an animator. animator.
1: <laughs> the movie, Some things are just meant to be. Right?
0: This movie was supposed to be a fantasy film and not necessarily horror, but spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, if you want to become a little more film-cultured, if you mm-hmm. will, that is a film that you... It's a fun must-watch, for sure. Okay. Um, the most memorable scene, which took Harry Harryhausen four months to create was the battle between Jason and the two Argonauts and an army of skeletons. <laughs> Those scenes via stop
1: motion were ahead of their time for sure. Oh yeah. This <laughs> kind of reminds me of like it was meant to be like not scary, but it was taken as scary. Mm-hmm. Um like when they first started with movie theaters and stuff. And that one movie with the train. I forgot what it's called, but there's a scene Drive me to hell. No, wait, that's super scary. <laughs> no, it's, it's an old one. Okay, okay. It's like when movie theaters were barely becoming a thing. Oh, and, the black and white film uh-huh. with the robbers? Yes, and the train. There's a scene where they have the train like coming, yeah, and people were freaking out because the they thought the train was gonna come in like to the theater and crash into them. That's
0: crazy. <laughs> so that would have been like
1: your first 3D film, yeah. right? Before the, glasses. I mean, they thought it was. It wasn't really 3D, mm-hmm. but because they weren't used to theaters, yeah, they didn't know. Like, like I I feel like they probably thought it was an actual play going on in front of their eyes, and then this train is coming, for and them. they're like, oh my god. <laughs> We got to
0: get out of here. <laughs> that's awesome. But that is, if you haven't watched that one, I don't remember the film, but you just type in black and white, movie yeah. with robbers and trains, and uh-huh. it'll come up. It yes. Yeah. That's actually something they taught
1: us in history class. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> film history, one one.
0: Film history. But now back to the spookies. Um, in 1910, Edison Studios in the United States produced the first film version of Mary Shelley's 1818 classic gothic novel, Frankenstein. <laughs> It was adapted to the screen for the first time by director Jay Searly Dolly. And though his intent in, well, 1910, mm-hmm. was to deliberately de emphasize the horrific aspects of the story, focus on the story's He wanted to focus on the story's mystical and psychological elements. The nature of its source material made the film synonymous with horror, the horror film genre. Mm. He wasn't even going for that. But people were like, oh, no. (laughs) Typical human nature to be afraid of what they don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The United States continued producing films based on... Like, for example, the 1886 Gothic novella, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm -hmm. It felt like all the directors had caught the spooky bug at that time. Um, In Germany, they were producing spooky films in 1913-ish. In Italy, they were doing it in about uh, at about 1911. The Aussie people jumped in in 1919. So mm-hmm. everybody was kind of headed the same direction creatively at the time right? and were getting mm-hmm. their spook on.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the trendy thing to do. Mm-hmm.
0: So <laughs> you may ask, how, why does movies matter? Why does it even affect us today? Mm-hmm. Um, how did Halloween, from something that the Celtics did to something that, the U.S. eventually adopted for themselves, you know, once I mean, not in Protestant towns, obviously. Uh, How does that even translate to half of the set and my outfit? Mm -hmm. Or your outfit, for that matter. (laughs) Well, the translation and fandom of spooky films following the plethora of films for example, Universal and others went on to make stayed with most of us, Mm -hmm. right? If not all of us
1: (laughs) in one way shape or form in one
0: way Mm. shape or form because of the sensations and feelings they made you feel Mm -hmm. right i like to tell my mom all the time i was like in anything that you watch and anything that you listen its main objective outside of telling a story is also to remove you from reality right Mm -hmm. so if something's cut in a way like for example i was watching monster hunter okay and the cuts were so fast that before I can even really get caught up or caught into the scene that I was watching, we were already in another scene. Mm. So I got removed. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, these cuts are awful."
1: Mm-hmm. You know, or like I was—I can't remember the name of. I think it's "It Comes at Night," where it's a it's a scary movie. I didn't really like it when I watched it, but I watched it when I was in like high school. Mm. But they start in the beginning of the movie it's at a certain the black bars they're at a certain like level Mm -hmm. and then throughout the movie it does it so slowly but at the end of the movie you're like tighter so throughout the whole movie it has you like coming in and making you more claustrophobic without it being obvious so the screen like you could only see so much at the end but you don't think of it until like you like I didn't notice until I saw online like they put the frame from the beginning and then at the end it's like whoa that's like a huge difference but it wasn't noticeable no because they were doing it so slow throughout the whole wow, movie wow that's incredible
0: see mm-hmm. that's that's fantastic yeah and that's mm-hmm. how you suck people in because between the score making you feel yeah. a certain way between the shock getting tighter making you feel a sense of claustrophobia yeah then they've not only sucked you in and out of your own world mm-hmm but into theirs. Yeah. And that's amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the spooky aesthetic is absolutely woven into our our current culture and has only gotten more prevalent. Mm -hmm. Horror films have been a significant part of pop culture since the beginning of cinema, telling stories that reflect the anxieties of that time. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, even though we made fun of, like, the pitch and how, you know, (laughs) basically the basic premise of every horror film Mm -hmm. ever – but it was still the elemental things, the anxieties that it brought. Yeah, were something that the people could relate to in that time frame.
1: Yeah, and it was so new that it didn't feel repetitive like mm-hmm. it does to us now. No, yeah, because mm-hmm. now we're like, Ugh. yeah, it's like but that's all it is. <laughs> for
0: example, I don't know, I never watched it, but the guy who was stuck during quarantine in New York in his apartment that shot everything. And oh yeah, it, I haven't seen it either. I, but <laughs> but everyone was like, "Whoa, this is fantastic!" because was able to create something creative whether it was a horror movie or not within the parameters that we were all experiencing simultaneously Mm -hmm. so we were all like oh yeah I know that (laughs) feeling because I was there so you can relate to that Mm -hmm. Um, or that's why like for example the paranormal films that came out maybe they're a little cheesy now to us yeah but but in that time Mm -hmm. you were like
1: oh my gosh and people were like what if I put a camera while I'm Mm -hmm. sleeping what would happen Same thing with the Blair Witch thing. Like every time mm -hmm. they try something different that works... Hollywood just clamps yes. onto that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: This is why we're like on the 15th billion Marvel films. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why DC is trying really hard right now. DC is trying really hard. They're but, trying real hard. Uh, <laughs> well, the monsters and the scenarios from these films became part of our collective minds mm-hmm. and certainly inspired their own share of what? Costumes and, and other Halloween memorabilia. Mm-hmm. As we look here to the left, look here to the right. Um, here are some more horror movies that went to win on on awards within their industries and mind you horror movies aren't typical to win awards so these no, were yeah. a big deal mm-hmm. in
1: 1991
0: the film sleepy hollow won an oscar for best art direction oh. which do you remember that like i have a purse today that mm-hmm. i bought last year uh, from a small like vintage like burlesque company mm-hmm. okay. who did a collaboration with paramount pictures Oh okay. And they were able to bring out pretty much Ichabod's like attire, like the dress, mm-hmm. the pumpkin head. Okay. You know that from Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's and that movie was 1991. Like that's that's a long time ago. That's what 30, almost 30
1: years ago. It would be 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, It's 21. Still very relevant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um,
0: In 1992, Bram Stoker's Dracula won Oscars, plural, (laughs) for best makeup, best costume design, and sound effects editing. Mm -hmm. I remember being little and feeling scared watching when the Headless Horseman went after Ichabod. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. He's going for him. He's running. Run, run. (laughs) Um, That sense of eeriness does stick with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the sense of eeriness that you got in that moment. Yeah, from the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you remember it, you can feel it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, as early as 1943, the Phantom of the Opera won Oscars, Plurogen, mm-hmm. Uh, for art direction and cinematography. 1990, Kathy Bates won an Oscar for her chilling performance in Misery, um, Which, I don't know, did you ever watch Misery? I have not. Oh my gosh, you would love it. It's so (laughs) good. It's like a thriller. Okay. And she's a female antagonist. Oh. And you're like, wow, she's so nice. And then you're like, oh, (laughs) she's backstabber. She's freaking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) The Silence of the lamb won five Oscars, which is really impressive for um, best picture, Mm -hmm. director, actor, actress, and adapted screenplay. Mm -hmm. And if you think about, that movie, wow, what a powerful combo between Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. Oh, yeah. That's touching. Mm-hmm. Today, it is a little bit harder yeah. for horror films to win and nab Oscars. Or I even think, just to be nominated. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's yeah. rough out there. Mm-hmm. But Jordan Peele held nothing back, and it showed. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> when he created Get Out and won an Oscar, well, he won it for Best Original... Sc- I couldn't say that word right now.
1: Screenplay screenplay <laughs>
0: um, and it totally was mm-hmm. it was such a great concept, yeah did you know though that opening weekend box office um for a nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. back in nineteen eighty four it made one point twenty seven million
1: I knew it did really good. I knew it, that I didn't know how much it made,
0: but like <laughs> when was this nineteen eighty four one point twenty seven yeah, million
1: that's crazy ridiculous <laughs> for a horror movie and imagine how much it's made since then because it's only gotten more
0: popular oh for sure (laughs) yeah um eventually went on to gross more than 25 million in the
1: u.s alone
0: yeah like and that was like in that time frame so that was
1: impressive and i love the shade that wes craven throws in scream (laughs) when he has um i blanked on her name Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. when he has her say, yeah, only the first one was good because he only directed the first one. Oh, All the other ones were different directors. Get out.
0: guy! just did a thing. I just realized <laughs> I did a thing. Get out.
1: That is great. Also, Scream mm-hmm. was incredible. Scream, the first, was really good. The sequels... They are better than other sequels, but I don't think that they're that, like, like wow.
0: Not everyone was as wowed. Mm-mm. No.
1: And I know a lot of people like the sequels, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm not going to rain on anyone's parade.
0: Yeah. I think as <laughs> it progressed, it just got a little bit worse. Yeah. But there is a new Scream that's supposed to be coming out, I, I
1: think, next that. year. Is it a reboot or just a, another sequel? I
0: believe it's, like, a sequel. Okay. But mm-hmm. there's high hopes for this one. Okay. Something... I don't know if they're going back to the original director. I don't know what, mm. what they're doing, but people are really looking forward to this because of the cast. Oh, okay. Because I know, like, come this last scream, they didn't even have. No, that was the one with Emma Roberts, right? I think so. I mean, I never <laughs> watch it because it was so far removed, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I make it a point to watch all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I have not watched Jason X, though. <laughs> but I can respect all those sequels because they know. That no one's taking it seriously, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: and that's what we were saying. We're like, at this point, like, if I
1: turn on Freddy versus Jason, yeah, like it's that's uh, my one of my favorite just go to movies. Like, I know it's bad; <laughs> it's it's really bad. I'm not coming into
0: it with the tomato, you know, with the what is it, rotten tomato? Oh yeah, like scale. Like, I'm, no, yeah, I'm it has action it in
1: it. It's pretty. It's combining two horror icons. Like, what more can you ask for? Right. I don't know, man. (laughs) A good story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, not bad for a horror film. Mm -hmm. So, outside of films, however, Halloween and horror thriving in pop culture is also due in part to television Mm -hmm. in itself, Yeah, music, video games. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think after, you know, obviously Hollywood and big money people are going to go, wow, this movie
1: did really, really well on opening weekend. Mm -hmm. We need to make a game out of it. Oh, yeah. Um, One of... I mean, just talking about music, this is a band's t-shirt and they kind of like made their whole thing Halloween. But there's another band that I wear a lot. Mm -hmm. If you guys notice the Ice Nine Kills shirt, Mm -hmm. their latest album, each song is based off of a horror movie. Sick. Yeah. So they have one for Jason, Freddie, Michael, like the top ones and then they have more like the London and where or well werewolf in London oh, in London yeah. and one more that I can't think of they did a psycho <laughs> one but it's stuff like that where like I wouldn't have thought about that, like just doing songs based off of these, but it worked for them. Right. They found their niche and that's what they're sticking to. And
0: Once again, storytelling, but in music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the 1950s, we had an American actress known as Mela Nurmi, which I'm sure I'm butchering. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the diehard fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, she created Vampira, mm-hmm. you know, and she was on Los Angeles K.E. KABC TV. We also had Larry Vincent, who played a character named the Sinister Seymour, and he was freaking huge and known as like the the ghoul, if you will, till mm-hmm. the end of time or mm-hmm. the end of his time, um, <laughs> but probably till the end of our time, um, <laughs> hosting the show Fright Night in the LA market. Mm-hmm. After he passed away, the show did go down for a period of time. But then something spooktastic happened, (laughs) and a young woman named Cassandra Peterson auditioned for his replacement, and well, she won. Mm -hmm. Um, With a quick wit, a strong sense of humor, she hosted her show as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mm -hmm. The show Elvira's movie, Macabre went from being a local program to a nationally syndicated show, and it followed, you know, after this albums were created commercials yeah. were created comics were created feature mm-hmm. films were created um a best-selling costume was created mm-hmm. and scale model kits i mean and it doesn't get better than that like yeah right right now you have it all <laughs> right right <laughs> um check this out i love like how lego at some point lego has been popular for a very long time mm-hmm. but then lego decided to get With the times, (laughs) and they're like, we're gonna, you know, and so my one of my favorite shows is Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Not that they have some horror stuff in there here and there, Um, but Lego decided we're gonna create, we're gonna create their whole set and like sell this to people. And so in that same wave, they've done that with like different comic books, they've yeah. done that with different horror, you know, I know Yeah, I know
1: for sure they do a lot of Star Wars stuff with like yeah. the ships and you know, the crazy amount of pieces that go it's into
0: incredible. it. It's incredible. Not that I will have the time to build my <laughs> Seinfeld set, but uh, I'll have it there and feel good about it.
1: <laughs> just pay someone to do it.
0: Just, yeah. Well, I have no more room in my room. Just hanging off the, the ceiling. just upside down. She was, you know, she, this, this beautiful, beautiful mistress of the dark Mm -hmm. was also the first horror host to be nationally syndicated and is largely considered the queen of halloween Mm -hmm. not us though maybe one day maybe we work
1: hard enough (laughs) Mm.
0: (laughs) halloween has always been a part of the music scene also as we mentioned Mm -hmm. as you mentioned (laughs) think of the monster mash think of michael jackson's it's a thriller right mm-hmm. the literal existence of the band the misfits yeah <laughs> like the essence of who they are mm-hmm. is halloween um the song i put a spell on you and of course the adams family theme song <laughs> yeah. all of that horrid- everybody knows that <laughs> yep everyone <laughs> and as time progressed you saw halloween in the white house mm-hmm. so like even if you know i i do know like for example my friend jessica's boyfriend he doesn't like to listen to music
1: Which is weird.
0: (laughs) Nick, he doesn't dislike music. He just isn't. He's just like if it's on, it's on. If it's not, so if I if you ever go, what's your favorite band? He's like.
1: I don't trust those people.
0: <laughs> does he love animation? Does he love watching, uh, what was the one we were talking about? Hotel Transylvania 1, 2, and 3, and 4? Yeah. Or
1: soon to be 4? Those are really, those are really cute
0: movies. Like, <laughs> does he love Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. So mm-hmm. some people gravitate to different yeah. things. But yeah, mm-hmm. the people that don't like music altogether. Like, just don't.
1: Yeah, it's like, why? Why, why? are you not happy? Who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who hurt you? Um... So this is for those people. <laughs> and as time progressed, you saw Halloween in the White House. Halloween has been celebrated in the White House since the days of Eisenhower. He was our 34th president and he led the US between 1953 and 1961. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the time frame of how everything is unfolding, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um it's it wasn't to come in. Mm? It's starting to come to Yeah, it's us. starting to yeah. like, creep on over. Yeah.
0: It wasn't until First Lady Mamie Eisenhower that witches, goblins, broomsticks, jack lanterns, mm-hmm. all of that made their way into the White House. Okay. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Since the Eisenhower days, every president has hosted a Halloween celebration in one way, shape, or form. Even vice presidents, and guess what? First dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, the White House staff has also joined in on the fun. Mm. Which I think is so cute. Yeah. President Kennedy, I have a picture here for Cece to see, and Mm -hmm. I'll put it up uh, in the episode. But there's a picture of President Kennedy, and he's enjoying laughs with his children. Caroline and John Jr. dressed in Halloween costumes, and this was in
1: 1963. And those are some scary
0: costumes for kids. Those are, yeah, like the (laughs) the kid that he has on his right. Oh my gosh, (laughs) frightening. (laughs) But hey, he's having a good time. The dogs. I scrolled down to the dogs. Uh Uh-huh. You keep going. (laughs) Even the White House pets got to join the black cat that black cat like i hate you guys yeah it's so cute Mm -hmm. here is india mrs beasley and barney the pets Mm -hmm. of george w bush and they're sitting uh in front of the white house you know on the white house lawn Mm and their halloween costumes and this was in 2007 Mm -hmm. they are so cute yeah i can't (laughs) it's just precious (laughs) um and then the next photo And this one is quite interesting because, you know, controversially enough, this is the design that they chose, you know, Donald Trump and Melania Trump.
1: That's interesting. I didn't think they would get into it. Right? (laughs)
0: That they would get all about it. But the White House is now in this picture that will put up a scene covered in Halloween decorations on Monday, October 30, 2017. And Trump and Melania hand out treats to children from Washington, D.C. area and, you know, from military families, Mm -hmm. sorry, and for military families. (laughs) But isn't that isn't it such a cool sight, dude? Look at the, like, the White House is big. Yeah. So, like, the spiders and the webs on there are gnarly. (laughs) They're huge. The size of the living room.
1: If Matt ever becomes president, you, you'll you bet your, mm-hmm. your, your staff that the whole better. thing's gonna <laughs> It's gonna look better than this, I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a maze. I'm gonna allow people to go into the White Come
0: House. Come <laughs> into like a corn maze in front of the White House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if our leaders are partaking in the fun, then surely outside of having Halloween in the arts, politically, it seems to inspire the love of Halloween also. Mm-hmm. So you don't just have to be a creative, you could be. A president.
1: Yeah, a president. <laughs> a politician.
0: <laughs> I have a married couple, friends. I know that I wrote that weird, but. You have a couple that's married. Yeah. Or I you have, have a, friends
1: that are married. I don't
0: have a couple. <laughs> but a friend of mine is married to another person, and they're both <laughs> my friends. And uh, they're both all about being punk rock. Mm-hmm. They're as punk rock as they come. The Misfits is one of their favorite bands of all time. Uh, they are part of the punk rock bowling team and are in with that huge event that happens in Vegas. This year, they announced that they were pregnant, that they are pregnant, and um, that they are having a baby. Mm-hmm. And their announcement was absolutely spooktacularly perfect. They announced it this past Friday the 13th that just passed for us. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Dave is wearing a Jason mask and mm-hmm. my friend, you know, they're holding the sonogram uh-huh. with the picture of the baby inside no. of her. <laughs> and he's like holding her and he's like in the Jason attire. Oh. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, <laughs> that's scared, cute.
1: like shocked. Uh-huh, that's yeah. cute. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. I've an- always... You go- <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I've, al- I've always wanted a Halloween wedding Like where me and Matt would dress up as like either Jack or Sally or Victor and Victoria, even though they don't end up together. Not Victoria, the blue girl, (laughs) the dead one. Yeah, yeah. And like everybody else would come in costumes and stuff. And in element not middle school, Mm -hmm. seventh grade, I had a my science and social studies teacher. She actually got married on Halloween. And her husband taught at the same school. So like one day they just showed like a PowerPoint of their pictures from like, their wedding. we did. Yeah. And that's like... And then, like, a few years ago, one of my uncles got married to his husband on Halloween, but they didn't do it all, like, all out. They just did it in a courthouse. And I'm like... <laughs> you guys are missing golden opportunities yeah. here. What are we doing? Get it together, yeah. guys. But I, I, I'm, I'm still going to do it. Let's do it. Yellow. <laughs> big yellow
0: energy. Just plan ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of influence, why do we love Halloween so much? Mm-hmm. Well... There's actually psychological reasons behind this, which I love getting into the psychosis of everything. (laughs) Um, The information I got was written by Jeremy Adam Smith from UC Berkeley in an article. We need holidays like Halloween and Dia de los Muertos because they ritualize our fears, mainly of death. Mm -hmm. Halloween rituals turn horror into play death into levity, and gore into laughter, says UK Berkeley psychologist and GGSC co-founder Dr. Keltner. So here are five scientifically validated reasons for you to trick or treat. One, it's a ritual and rituals keep us together, right? And this kind of goes back to what I told my friend, I was like, sometimes I know it's going to sound really like body dysmorphic or eating disorderish, but that's not my approach. <laughs> I hate, absolutely loathe that we have to eat to survive. Oh. Because Mm -hmm. then you got to go to the grocery
1: store. Oh, yeah. And it's just money being spent. It's Mm -hmm.
0: money. Then you got to, like, the whole concept of cooking a meal just to eat. Like, it'll take you 45 minutes to cook a meal. And then you eat it in, like, five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm a quick, I'm a fast eater. Mm -hmm. Drives me crazy. Then you got to wash the dishes. Mm -hmm. Another 45 minutes. So I absolutely, I was like, why can't we, like, be like plants where just we go outside, get some sun, and water. And and, that's why
1: I know a lot of, like, people that get into fasting like Mm. you can do up to like 24 hour fast like you don't eat one day i think i want to say my friend akira she Mm. was doing juice fasting Mm -hmm. so she would only for one day only drink juices the next day she would eat like on and off Mm -hmm. so she would only drink for one day I don't know. She she probably did it for health benefits, not because yeah. she was just annoyed of cooking. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but- <laughs> I would do it because I'm annoyed of cooking. I'd be like, sweet, there's already some fresh juice in here. All right. I, some days I just get really busy.
1: Yeah. It's no, hard. I get that. And then I'm like, I don't want to order food because then I'm going to spend more money. Yeah,
0: you, you don't know what they're putting in there. Mm-hmm. Like, shoot, that one time I got sick. I'm like, no, 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 no. So... Anyway, tangent over. <laughs> you probably don't know most of the people on your block,
1: right? Like yeah, here? I don't. Okay.
0: <laughs> Remember how I tell you how we have the oval where I live and you see the same people walking every day mm-hmm. and like we should know them? Yeah. We don't. <laughs> we don't. But we should. Mm-hmm. So I... You know, whatever. If you have kids, trick or treating is a great way to get to know the neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't have kids, putting a goblin out in the lawn, sitting on your stool with a bucket of candy, it might enhance your block level social cred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are stacks of uh, empirical studies that say that kinds, or sorry, that say that this kind of social connection does make you happier, kinder, and healthier. I always have
1: wanted to be like that house that everybody wants to go to. on Yeah,
0: because <laughs> then you're like, you literally have street cred. Yeah. Neighborhood cred, mm-hmm. candy cred, spooky cred. And I'm like, hey, kids, can you like mow my lawn? Right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you give us the best candy. Yeah. In the um, mm-hmm. And all of these things benefit, you know, and it Just. spreads from person to person. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Some a ritual. Well, for reason number two, we need candy. We
1: need we it. We need it we, need we it. want
0: it. You'll, we'll discover that right now. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 kids like candy. Even the ones that are depraved because they have really healthy parents, uh-huh. which if I ever get knocked up and end accidentally have a kid because it'll be oops let's admit it um (laughs) i will be that parent that goes no because my kid has never had the taste bud so he doesn't know what he's missing out on please don't get my kid caught in candy i'll be Mm. that i'll be that person Mm. and then i'll go and sneak some cookies later on that day (laughs) (sighs) but it doesn't matter if they've never had a taste for it the moment they it touches their mouth it's game over yeah they'll love it
1: that's that's funny that you bring that up because i saw a tiktok of Mm. uh one of those reddit stories And apparently somebody's mom did that to them. They said they were allergic to like just all the sweets and cake and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're like, yeah, so I did it. I never got to eat cake at birthday parties. I was eating fruit salads. And then they the reason they found out was because they were at a family gathering and the mom lied to everyone. Wow! Like everybody thought this kid was allergic to everything. So extra. Yeah. And she was already older. And they had two different types of brownies. Mm-hmm. Like one was a very healthy or the healthiest a brownie could be. And the other one that was just like all sweets and stuff. And she accidentally got the super sweet one. Oh, no! And she's like, oh, no, I'm going to like, I'm going to turn red. I'm going to get a bunch. And nothing happened to her. So she called her mom and her mom finally told her. She's like, oh, yeah, you're you're not allergic to any of that. And so she's like. I don't, I don't know what to feel right now. <laughs> I've been deceived my whole yeah. life.
0: Yeah, don't deceive your children. Just tell me, no, because diabetes is rampant in America. <laughs> but that sucks. Cause now she's like, what else have you been lying yeah. to me about?
1: Goddamn. And the dad was like, I tried to
0: tell her. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, he didn't
1: intervene. He was just like, I told your mom that she shouldn't do that, but she did. And I didn't intervene.
0: <laughs> Yikes. So he's an accomplice. Yeah. hmm
1: <laughs> Well,
0: um, an ounce of dark chocolate every day can reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. Well, the more you know. I know
1: dark chocolate is like relatively good for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And chocolate has been shown to boost mood enhancing chemicals in the brain like endorphins and serotonin. Mm-hmm. So there is science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why men throw chocolate at us. When we're mad at them, they know the science mm-hmm. and or when we're on our periods. That's true. <laughs> it doesn't make us feel better. It doesn't make the no. cramps go away. It just calms us down. It's just like mm, my serotonin. Levels. <laughs> ah. mm-hmm. Well, the third reason we actually really like safe and moderate levels of stress Apparently, um, most holidays contain some level of ritual and varying degrees of stress. Think about, you know, the stress you get, say, at Thanksgiving when you're at your in-law's house and Mm. you're sitting across from your in-law and you're dating their
1: special boy or their special girl. Oh, I could relate to that because I cannot understand anything they're they're saying when I'm at the dinner
0: table. (laughs) You're like, we're all eating together. They could be talking shit for all I know.
1: Yeah. Like last time for his niece's graduation we were all sitting there and I was sitting there and they were all just talking in Thai and I was just like cool (laughs) I get it well so now yeah so
0: holidays make that that anxiety and that pressure extra extra Mm -hmm. you know because it's like the holiday Uh you know so the stress that you're getting from like jumping from fright in a haunted house is very, very different from the stress that you're going to get yeah. from mm-hmm. sitting across an in-law who may or may not like you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, one can be long and grueling, as we all know, <laughs> and the other one makes you laugh yeah. afterwards because, you know, you have a sense of
1: relief. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think in either scenario, you know, the event comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Just one's a little faster.
1: Yeah. And it's you're relieved like- either way. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the fourth reason is we need to pretend as as we're doing right now. We're not in a big studio, no. but we can play. We're in a living room. We're in a living room. <laughs> University of Oregon psychologist Majori Taylor has found that kids often create pretend characters who do sinister, mean, and even violent things, mm-hmm. like adults who think things through before they act. <laughs> well, mostly. Because sometimes they don't. This gives children an opportunity to play it through before they encounter the situation in real life. Okay. <clears throat> so there is <laughs> something there.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a little darker, but I can.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Taylor once told me if something is bothering you, you can control it and you can manipulate it in the world of pretending. Yeah. That's a way to develop emotional mastery. Okay, so there's actually something even
1: deeper to that, right? <clears throat> I think that makes sense because I do like going into like those mazes and stuff, even though I know I'm gonna be super scared going uh-huh. into it. But it's just no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I so, like having that feeling of like,
0: <laughs> yeah, ooh. but then you know, like because there is a blanket of security on you, yeah. you're not like in full freaking anxiety panic, panic attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's why having you know being able to pretend to be something else is Mm -hmm. really fun or being able to have like your what they would call like their imaginary friends Mm -hmm. right because it's like that level of you that you don't succumb to almost yeah Mm -hmm. which is really cool um and lastly death can be fun Who knew? Um, (laughs) Halloween is one of many Momentum Mori traditions designed to make death just a little bit more fun Mm -hmm. and provide an age appropriate hint to children about an inescapable fact of life, which is that life ends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was talking to a friend recently and I was like, hey, like, not that you have to answer this and not that you owe anyone anything. Mm -hmm. I was like, but he was telling me that his, he was having his 14 year anniversary with his wife. Uh And I was like, that's crazy. And I was like, that's awesome Mm -hmm. because committed people are almost non-existent these days. Mm -hmm. People have a fear of commitment. Right. Um, So you're ultra special in my opinion.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I was like, do you want to, do you guys, have you guys talked about wanting to have kids? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah. You know, we've, we've talked about it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, so and he's like, I mean, we've talked about it, I was like, <laughs> but it's not something we're in a rush to do. Mm-hmm. I, but if it happens, we're about it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, you don't have that weird like man thing where you're like, my legacy needs to continue, oh. you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, nah, we're all <laughs> going to die anyway. Yeah. And I was like.
1: That is true. You're right. Yeah. And you saying like this about how like kids need to learn it. I'm wondering maybe that's why it's my favorite holiday because I think I've I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I think I've talked to you about it. Mm. When I was a kid, I used to have like dreams of just people I love dying. And this is the
0: first time I'm hearing. Oh, this. really?
1: Well, <laughs> that's, that well, was something. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to dream about that so much so that like my grandma would come in and do the
0: <sighs> uh huh. She uh-huh. would do it for
1: like 10 minutes on me. You're
0: like, okay. <laughs> so done, I wouldn't you know. have
1: bad dreams. So I was like, okay, I'm protected. I'm good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. But I was just so scared of the mm. idea of dying and like not necessarily me, but just mm. others dying. Yeah. And I mean, ever like I moved out of that house. And after we moved, I like started to become okay with the idea. And I'm the same way I'm like more at peace with everybody goes. Obviously, it's going to be hard, mm-hmm. but I'm more. Like it doesn't scare me anymore.
0: Yeah, it won't be like a like a catastrophe in your right. reality. Mm-hmm. You'll yeah. be like, oh, this is this is awful. This but is a real thing. Yeah, this is part of life.
1: Yeah, and I actually I watched the movie, the new movie, mm-hmm. uh, the Nighthouse. free promo, <laughs> free promo, <laughs> <laughs> where it deals with grief, and like I got this huge knot in my stomach, and that feeling that I had as a kid came back. Where I was like, mm-hmm. everybody's gonna die, and I was <laughs> sitting next to Matt. I was like he's gonna die yeah, yeah. and i started like having a mini pa- oh, panic no. attack in the movies the movie was really good because okay. it made me feel that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i would watch it again i don't know about anytime soon yeah you need an emotional break from that one yeah it was i was going into it thinking oh it's a cool scary movie like mm-hmm. ooh, some because the trailer made it look like some kind of like time thing was going on which i mean there kind of is like felt sci-fi-ish a little bit. And I went into it thinking one thing and it was nothing. Wow. <laughs> it was a movie about grief and wow. like, which I didn't think would bug me because I liked Hereditary. Mm-hmm. I really liked that movie. But this one just, I don't know what it did to me.
0: It's funny because ironically, you're thinking that it's sci-fi. No one understands this. But sci-fi in its own weird way
1: is, scary. is a
0: horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a different branch. Yeah.
1: It's the unknown, I uh-huh. would say. Mm-hmm.
0: That's freaking cool, but yeah, so it helps kids, you know, be Come. like, oh, this is part of nature, mm-hmm. this is normal. So the emotional benefits definitely outweigh, yeah, the prevention <laughs> of like or the what is it, the coddling and the like, oh, it
1: just uh, you
0: can't see, I you yeah, see being
1: more not secure, not. making them feel more secure they're in their own cocoon (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so then that way they're more like realistic to reality Mm -hmm. um as oliver berkman notes in his essay the positive power of negative thinking one study found that walking through a graveyard made people 40 percent more likely to help a stranger than walking down an ordinary block isn't that crazy yeah um (laughs) another found that visualizing death can lead us to become more grateful for the things that we have in life. So mm-hmm. like for example, you probably were hugging Matt a lot harder that <laughs> night, you know, in your sleep you were like get in here, let's yeah. cuddle, you know, because it just like it, it triggered those Yeah, moments. and I think
1: cuz I've always been very just like a uh, glass half full type of person mm-hmm. and w- whether i think of it or not it probably does relate to that like the whole fear that was instilled mm-hmm. in me but that was nobody's fault because nobody was like telling me anything
0: right but, right and so you weren't getting like that guidance either so you uh-huh. were like yeah, yeah, yeah i was like what do i
1: do yeah, <laughs> yeah and i re- yeah because after shortly after i believe my godmother passed away mm-hmm. and at her funeral i was like i wasn't numb But I wasn't, like, as scared as I used to be. I just was like, okay. Like, I know she was sick and she was going through a lot of stuff. And she's probably, like, it's better for Uh her not Mm -hmm. to be stuck in a hospital all day for, like, months on end. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, in my lifetime now, I've experienced two family deaths.
1: Me too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's got, it gets better. Mm -hmm. You know, because then you're like, oh, like, I'm going to, I'm going to miss you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to miss being around you, but this, this is okay. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Whether you're announcing a pregnancy, creating art, dressing in your favorite horse <laughs> style or, you know, after your favorite character, not on Halloween day itself, it's <laughs> truly hauntingly a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're like Cecilia and I who love it all year long or are partaker in the month of October only, it's a rad sight really mm-hmm. to see as everyone gets creative and homes into their imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, aren't we all just grown little kids anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you know, and here we are. We always <laughs> leave you with the final question. And... In honor of a horror movie that recently came out and smashed the box office, this film was directed by Nia DaCosta, and she has become the first black female director to have her movie open as number one in domestic box offices. (laughs) Archie likes it too. Archie back there. (laughs) Which horror film's tagline is, We dare you to say his name five times (laughs) we hope you know the answer to that one (laughs) or if you're just hip to movies that just
1: came out yeah either or (laughs) (laughs) that being said thank you guys for listening and again we hope you guys are enjoying these halloween toxic sips episodes Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> um, all the links to everything that was mentioned in this episode, except for personal experiences, of course, mm-hmm. are linked in the description with our website. If you would like to follow our podcast on all social medias, it's at TalksAndSips. For personal Instagrams, mine is at Dot and Cecil. So. I am at JFox with two <laughs> X's
0: and two underscores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Before we go, I gotta ask,
1: what you sipping? What you sipping out of? All of that. I am sipping out of this catacombs esque <laughs> uh wine glass that my aunt brought me from Mexico. So cool. thank you, Gabby. It's covered mm. in skulls, and the like the what is this? What would this be <laughs> called? The, the where you hold the stem? Yeah, the stem. It's. Like a bone. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm drinking some Moscato. Ooh. Yeah, we're drinking some This isn't the first time we're drinking alcohol. No. Mm-mm. But it isn't. It's very been a often. while. Yeah.
0: But that's because we
1: We <laughs> spoiler alert do this early in the morning sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we're not trying to get drunk on eight AM. Like, on a mon on a Wednesday. <laughs> on a Wednesday.
0: Hey Cece, I'm going to work drunk now. <laughs>
1: yikes wine drunk too
0: (laughs) which is honestly the worst this is why i don't really wine that often Mm -hmm. because of the sugar it just makes me so sleepy Uh and i'm like okay it's time for bed now yeah
1: what are you drinking
0: i'm also having wine i know
1: (laughs) she 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 poured poured it up poured it up
0: um out of this your glass actually Mm -hmm. this is really cute guys this is like one of them wine zipper cups. Mm-hmm. It's, it has a matte gray, has bats, has trees, has a witch in the moonlight.
1: It matches the orange little glass that's next to you. Oh,
0: this thing? Mm-hmm.
1: It's like kind of the same aesthetic.
0: Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> it's really pretty purple and gray for mm-hmm. those that can't watch. <laughs> um, and I too am having wine <laughs> for my whining. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <for your wife>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, we hope you enjoyed episode two of toxic
1: toxic sips
0: sips. (laughs) also every time we say toxic sips i like laugh one i have a lisp sorry it is what it is (laughs) the two i think of like the latino like toxicos Mm. like when you're dating a toxico oh Oh
1: my gosh i don't know why anyway that is all we'll see you on the next one bye bye